The first follower is what transforms a lone nut into a leader. It's it's <laughs> pulling about 90% of the weight right now. Just so. say it then. <laughs> what are you holding back? The procrastinator's brain also has an instant gratification monkey. This baby hits 88 miles per hour. To generate the 1.21 see some serious shit. It's going to be the Nate Marie, the Nate Marie method or Nate. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be the mic. Yeah, I, I, I guess suspicious, like why I'm tired. It could be because I haven't worked out as much as I usually do during like the week. I usually do like yeah. four times four times a week, but I've taken it easier this week. But usually that you think you get more tired, but that extra physical activity gets you going, you know? Yeah, that's actually really good. Four times a week. I, on a good week, I'm four to five, but that's yeah. been lately, that's been really rare. It's been like one to two. And I think the, for me, it's when I get busy with work, like my day job work, work, like it's, it just throws my, like I, there's no breaks, you know? And by the time I'm done, I'm hungry and I don't want to work out. And then I want to be lazy. And so it's, it's always like a struggle to find time to work out. Cause I don't like doing it in the mornings. I, I try to aim for like to sneak in a workout around a workout around three o'clock or yeah. before five, before like dinner. And then, then I feel really good if I can sneak it in right before dinner. And then my night is just kind of yeah. coasting from there. And you don't need to feel guilty, whatever you eat for dinner, right? You kind of like, I burnt it out already. <laughs> dinner, dinner is the one meal that it's a little bit tough for me. So breakfast and lunch completely healthy it's like i just had eggs and black beans and like i can just control that but then yeah dinner is another story it's <laughs> it's one of those psychological hurdles i have to fight every single day i just want a hamburger and fries yeah <laughs> and on the topic of workouts and exercising and sports we're talking about ted lasso yes ted lasso and for people who haven't heard of Ted Lasso, because you you got me into it, you convinced me to watch it, and then I watched the first episode during the holidays and binge watched the whole thing in a couple of days. And it also helped that I was interested in soccer slash football. We can use it interchangeably in this conversation. That's fair. <laughs> so you got me to watch it, and I I, I liked it. So what what's the just sort of a general plot line for what what the story is all about? Yeah. So. Ted Lasso. It, well, first, did you know that it was the whole series is based on a commercial? I only found out after watching the whole thing. <laughs> Same. I actually found okay. that out last night <laughs> okay. doing a little research on this. And I had no idea that this was just a, a comedy bit in a NBC sports commercial. But that was done on a and a fairly different kind of personality, right? It wasn't it wasn't the, like the personality that's portrayed for Ted Lasso in this series. It, he was a little more arrogant in the commercial, but I still think a lot of the, you know, unknowns about the sport and everything else like they had a press conference in the original and that you know was kept and but I th I think you're right that he wasn't he, he wasn't as endearing as he is in the in the series but for those who haven't seen it it's it's really about this american football coach and he is recruited by 
I'm going to get the names wrong. So you're gonna have to help correct me here, but he's recruited by a European soccer team and to coach their football team. So I don't know why I did that with my hands. I just put that in quotes, but (laughs) because you're from, you live in California. That's that's true. (laughs) But uh, so he, so he's recruited to take over this, this football team in, in the UK. Mm -hmm. And so from there, it's the, the team. The team is in the Premier League, which is the highest ranked league in the UK and probably one of the best in Europe as well. So it's it's quite a big deal for a team of that size to to hire someone that has never been a football coach. From a, he's from like Kansas City, and he just managed mm-hmm. to promote a team from the second division to the first division. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So for thank you for for, that for, Amer- that... for American football, not actual football. Right. So. <laughs> and so the backstory is there's, there's the, the current owner who was involved in a divorce and she took ownership over the team. Mm-hmm. And as a way to sort of get back at her ex-husband, she wanted to mm. just destroy the team essentially. And so the whole gimmick is that she hired this American football coach to coach her football team and just hope that they would lose every game and, and piss them off. So that's sort of the premise. Yeah, the team is is a is a sort of a non-existent team in in reality. It's called AFC Richmond, which is yeah, which is a team in the Premier League. And he brings over this other guy, Coach Beard. Is that was his name? Mm-hmm. Right, Coach Beard. Yep, Coach Beard, which is also uh, in the commercial. So there's like oh, a lot he's, of familiar he's faces. He's also in yeah. the commercial. Okay, I. Okay. It's from 2013 though, so it's now mm-hmm. eight years old. So they're okay. like just younger versions of themselves. Interesting. Okay. So Coach Beard comes along. I didn't. I didn't quite catch. So I maybe I missed this as I was watching it. But Coach Beard was more knowledgeable about football than than Ted himself. So he was kind of yeah. his right hand and telling him, telling him a lot of different things that he had no idea what, uh, like simple terms about the actual game and simple rules. So the reason why we're talking about Ted Lasso is it's, it, you know, after watching it, it's for me personally, I watched it last year and it just stood out in such stark contrast to the world around us that it was, it caught me off guard. Like I was Mm -hmm. not expecting to enjoy this show. I saw billboards here in LA for it and it was just Ted Lasso. It looked completely cheesy. The name, I, you know, just, it was just such a strange thing to even like open up an HBO and it just, it stood out because it's so positive. And I think the reason why we decided to talk about this was because a lot of the character growth that happens, sort of the leadership qualities that he brings to his team, I think are really applicable in like everyday life and just kind of sets a really nice tone about how, how to deal with other people, how to deal with people who are different from yourself, how to lead a team, how to deal with conflict, you know, and really how to like get everybody on the same page, you know? And so I think that's what stood out to me as a, as a reason why we should talk about it. And I think it kind of dips into like the self-help stuff that we talk a lot about productivity and just sort of making sure that we're, we're aligned with our goals and, 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 and in collaboration with each other on this podcast and with other people, I just think there's just a lot of like cyclical things that we can kind of come back to. How, what was it for you? Well, you mean, you said that I had brought it up to you, but did you, before watching it, kind of know anything going into it? No, I think what stood out for me as well. So it was, 
watching it and knowing a lot about the Premier League and how the teams operate, it, it, it does seem quite unrealistic for something <laughs> like that to happen in real world. <laughs> So, yeah. you know, like this is not, this, this is, is not why great. I love having you talk about this resume because <laughs> you just, you have this like inside knowledge on. So yeah, you football. know, a little bit. I used to watch, watch football a lot, a lot more. I used to live in the UK. So that was, that was a big deal. I only went to one Premier League game though, Arsenal and Southampton for those mm-hmm. who care in the Emirates Stadium, which is a great experience. But yeah, so like knowing that this is, this couldn't be happening in real world, it kind of, Put, brings your attention to the other side of the story, right? In terms mm-hmm. of someone completely sort of having no knowledge of the actual sports coming into leading a team that's struggling on a lot of fronts. Yeah. And it's not being supported by their actual owner and chairman. Yeah. I think that was her title, the, the owner who is who wants, who wishes for the team to, to go down. Mm-hmm. and she wants to ruin the team so he doesn't have the sort of the collaboration from their side and the director of operations forgot his name is also on her side the overall lesson for me was in a lot of situations in work in life i think there is a lot that goes into that that moment there's a lot more fundamental things that goes into it rather than knowing the knowing how certain things operate right yeah, I, I, a lot of in a lot of situations, I try to take things back to the first principle when I'm trying to solve a problem. To to understand like what's what is true about a lot of different situations, no matter which context they are in. Mm-hmm. So I think he tries to, despite the fact that he has zero knowledge about this actual actual sport, he uses that knowledge of leadership to bring the team together in a lot of like mentioned, conflict in situations. So that was, that was a big, big lesson for me. I think that's a great point because, you know, they didn't shy away from the fact that he had no knowledge of the game and they, they, I think emphasized that fact. And to him, I think there was a, there was a quote in like the fourth or fifth episode that, you know, he's not, he's not here to win games. Mm -hmm. He's here to, to, to find, a way to bring the best version of themselves forward and make them better people and better players. And that doesn't always come through winning. And so I, I, I just kind of love that through line throughout the entire series because he knew that he was going to win more games if he was able to kind of corral everybody and get them onto, onto the same page. And he was being undermined at every kind of stage, right? Like you said, by the owners, by the players and kind of had, you know, every obstacle to sort of overcome and defy the odds. So yeah, there was, there's, there's a ton of insight there. And Higgins is the, is the guy that you were looking for, which is a yes. hilarious character. I'm <laughs> kind of curious, like what was your favorite uh, yeah. character in the series? That's a good, uh, good question. I hadn't thought, thought about that. I think, I think actually I like coach Beard quite a lot, his calm manners. And there are certain points that he doesn't seem like he has it together, but He's, he's very centered and nothing, nothing can make him angry. And I think he's, yeah. he's, he's a good person to be, to be keeping Ted company in, in, in this job. So yeah, I think I would pick him. Yeah. He had a lot of great qualities and sort of like, I don't know, like a, like a, like a partner, you know, who was strong where Ted was weak in a way and yeah. he had done yeah. all the research and kind of helped out and, and knew that they were a team that had to work together. 
But uh, for me, I think it was, and I'm biased, but I, I, it was Nate for me. Because uh, it was called Nate? Nathan? Par- partly just because <laughs> of that. <laughs> yep. But what I, Nate, what I, Nate was a kit, kit man, right? Thank you. Because I would have said like, you know, ball boy or, <laughs> or assistant. Or you can call I him, know. I can, ball boy qualifies too. Yeah. No, yeah. kit man is, a, is, is much better. But yeah, so he was, yeah, he essentially was the locker room kind mm-hmm. of, yeah, kit, kit man. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm using vernacular that I don't know what it means really. So the <laughs> locker room guy it myself <laughs> into the audience here. But what yeah. I think was great was Ted listened to even sort of like the lowest person on the totem pole and he listened to his ideas, gave them credit. And I think it was just such a great way to think about how you treat people in life. It's like, you just give them the benefit of the doubt, listen them, listen to them, hear them out and find ways to kind of pull them in. And mm-hmm. they'll be sort of your, your, your best, I mean, your best workers, believers, part of your tribe, whatever you want to call it. I think it's just a kind of a beautiful underscoring of what was happening in that series. For sure. Yeah. That he, I think, yeah, he, he, he was an interesting one and uh, more a bit of an unpredictable character as well for what happens to him and how he also reacts to, but to your point about uh, Ted mentioning that he always wants to win. I think there were, there were a few moments that he was, there were, there were some arguments that, for example, coach Beard disagreed with him on that, that you might not care so much about winning, but the players actually do want to win. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think that was, that was, that conflict was interesting for me and like how Ted dealt with them. Yeah. There's a, a moment of self-reflection that Roy Kent has. He's got a, he's got a niece, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is it his niece? Yes. So Roy Kent is the captain of the, of the team. So he's a veteran yeah. and he also won the champions league, which is a big deal in Europe. It's like the biggest, biggest achievement with Chelsea, which is one of the best mm-hmm. teams in premier league eight years prior to this, I think. I looked this up beforehand. So I, I remember the actual <laughs> actual years. So yeah, so he's like a big deal and he's always like this angry type. Like, And uh, he's, he's his mm-hmm. niece, yeah, keep going. Yeah, so he's, you know, kind of on the decline of his career. He was really talented at one point. Mm-hmm. His whole identity is wrapped up into who Roy Kent is as a, as a, as a football player. And I almost slipped there, but I'm haven't haven't slipped yet. So he, there was this moment where he's sitting with his then girlfriend, Keely on a couch. And and he was just really frustrated with, you know, losing his skills, his sort of potentially getting cut or or not cut, but benched Mm -hmm. and, and added to the second team. And so he was having a ton of conflict about his identity as a, as a starter on this soccer team or on this football to fuck on this football team. And, uh, <laughs> spoke too soon. And she kind of calls over his niece. They're sitting on the couch and asks his niece, like how you would describe your uncle. And she just starts kind of listing off all of these really great, great qualities. You know, he's funny. He cares. He's, you know, he's swears, you know, all these things. I mean, she never mentioned that he was a football player and, mm-hmm it was just a moment where he just could realize that I'm more than this. And for me personally, I, I get caught up a lot in my own identity around being a designer, you know? And I think for myself, I'm always sort of introducing myself as Nate, I'm a designer, you know, and I, I have a lot of problems sort of shedding that and letting that go. And so that scene sort of really 
struck a chord with me because I just felt a lot of the same, you know, you know, imposter syndrome, identity crisis, all all of those things sort of mixed in. And so that was, that was pretty beautiful. I'd forgotten about, about that scene and that, that moment. So that's a, that's a good reminder. And it's something that I am constantly dealing with as well. I was actually just before this podcast, I was on a call with a friend of mine talking about this exact topic as it, as it relates to me. But on, on that note, so there is, there's Roy Kent, who is the captain, and then there is a younger star player or like promising uh, star. That do, is... do you want to sing the, the jingle? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want to do it? Jamie Tart, do, 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 do. <laughs> Jamie Tart. <laughs> oh, it's so dumb and catchy. <laughs> His name is Jamie Tart, who is on loan from Man City, another big club, and playing for Richmond. And there is a lot of division in the locker room between them. And then there is this other Nigerian player, I think, who Jamie Tart obviously doesn't like because he's kind of like so full of himself. And I think there. A lot of a lot of the story revolves around how how Ted goes about managing that conflict, despite the fact that no one actually likes him or accepts him as a coach. Mm-hmm. So it, it's also the other challenging part that like everyone knows who he is, who he is. And then what he does through just being himself and without trying to control everyone, just mm-hmm. like being being the person he is, he brings a lot of the press. Uh, on his side they they also try to make fun of him and like kind of bring bring out the point that you don't know what you're doing same same applies to most of the players some some of the players kind of were more supportive of him throughout the throughout the series but yeah so that that like him trying to just use what is what's in his ability and maximize that Mm-hmm. through small gestures for example there's a there's a surprising moment in the in the show so he would take a packet of biscuits to Re- rebecca is that was her mm-hmm. name yeah rebecca's rebecca's uh, office every morning and then despite the fact that she she essentially hates him she falls in love with these like how tasty these biscuits are and she keeps asking him how like where'd you, where'd you buy them from i want to i want to get them and he he refuses to tell tell her and there's like, I think one of the early episodes, he actually, there's a scene where he actually takes the time to bake those biscuits the night, the night before, and doesn't really, doesn't really spill the beans. He, he doesn't really tell her that this is the case. So just going, going that extra mile to bring a smile to someone's face or, or keep her happy. And up to that point in the story, he had no idea that she's trying to ruin the team by bringing, bring, bringing right. him into, into, into the, into the story. Yeah. That sort of contrast was going on throughout the series of, of him not knowing that she was undermining him and her slowly. Sometimes I thought she was coming around and then she sort of, you know, they, they kept her character sort of written in a way that she was still defiant. I think even up till the end, even up to the last episode, you, you, you see, you start to see some transformation happening in her character, like earlier, but it's, you know, she's wrestling with her own insecurities around, you know, being older, being divorced, you know, her ex dating younger women. And so I think one of, one uh, of them also called Rebecca that he ended up having a kid with as well. So then they they started calling her Rebecca number old Rebecca, just Rebecca. Yes, right, right, right. The old new Rebecca is just Rebecca, and then new, yeah, new Rebecca, was... yeah, old Rebecca, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, so 
Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. No, I just, I, I think that that sort of like undermining throughout, and even though he didn't know it was going on, mm-hmm. I think almost makes it sweeter in a way. Cause he was yeah. really trying to get her on his side. And if he had, you know, I don't know, like gone off the tracks like earlier on and, and gotten frustrated, like it never would have ended up in the way that it did, even though it's a scripted show, but still, you know, you, you still think like, had he not tried to invite her into the club, like bring her around, making her a part of a team, letting her to connect with the players, she just wouldn't have cared. Yeah, for sure. And so there were another, because I was trying to sort of phrase how I was describing his sort of lack of knowledge and him being okay with that. I think there's a lot goes into self-awareness in that moment as well, right? Where he was, I think it was, asking him, asking Coach Beard about the offside rule. I think it was the offside rule, something, some other thing that is like quite common. And he, like, as a Premier League coach, this it's ridiculous not knowing that, right? So in one of the training sessions, he's asking him that. But, like, he's he's okay with not knowing that, right? He's just, like, learning it. So I think that self-awareness yeah. is, is really is really key as well as a, as a leader, just knowing what you know and what you don't know and being comfortable with saying, I don't know in, in a lot of situations. I don't think there were moments that he did that, but he did it through his actions that like, I'm this dumb person that doesn't know anything, but there are a lot of things that actually I am knowledgeable and aware about. That's, that's a great point because I think he does that a lot. And he, mm-hmm. like you said, I don't think he ever says, I don't know, but it, being able to sort of state publicly that, you're learning on the job and you are learning from your mistakes and you're showing that through actions because the team eventually does slowly get better over time. And so you know that something's working, even though he doesn't know some of the basics like offsides. And I think that's, I think that's such a, I think that's what was so magical about the series. Like that was because it made you believe a little bit in the circumstance because if he had tried to come out and, you know, either ridiculed or mm-hmm. pretended like he knew, but he didn't know, like, I think that would have just came off insincere. And I don't think the series would have worked in the way that it did, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think it's, that was such a brilliant way. Almost every, almost every episode had a few moments like that where he just was kind of, you know, admittedly learning on the job. Yeah. He's so unqualified for the job that as a viewer, I, I wanted him to to win, you know. Just it made me, yeah. He 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 wasn't he wasn't trying. He was just again being himself, and yeah, you you almost you almost forgot about the actual game and just wanted him to be because of how decent and emotional this this guy is. He just wanted him to to keep winning no matter what right. outside outside of the pitch. And then there was like a football term that I learned (laughs) during this, (laughs) which is actually the side benefit for me is learning a lot of the the soccer terms. What would it be? Football terms. What would it be in American football? Would you not call it the pitch? So, and just to be clear, the pitch is the initial or like the pitch is the, the, the turf. Yeah. The pitch would be like the field. Yeah. Where you you play. So we just call it field. Um, oh, field. Okay. Yeah. I guess it's different in different sports. Court, like basket, basketball court. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But like for American football is the the field. Yeah. It's just, I mean, mm. I don't even know if there's, I've never heard pitch before, before mm. the show. So there we go. 
And then, yeah, I think something else I was, I had it on my list of things to talk about was, I don't know if you can like call it like change management, but he, yeah, when I think there was a, there was one of the games. So there, there are actually certain scenes of the, the actual game happening during the series. Uh, I'm guessing anyone listening to this probably has already watched it. And yeah, there's a lot of spoilers too late for right? spoiler alerts, but yeah. Yeah. So, so like, <laughs> I think during one of those games, Jamie Tart, he, tends to keep the ball to himself and not really passing it around. And because of that, he ends up he ended up benching him. And that mm-hmm. that is not liked by a lot of players and the fans and, and, and the people in the team. But he just went with the decision that felt right and then tried to also manage manage that accordingly afterwards. So mm-hmm. he took took responsibility for it. So it's I noticed this happening quite a lot in the actual football as well, happening by a lot of managers that it's contrary to what you would think as a as a fan or as a as a viewer but mm-hmm. i think those moments are actually quite critical to maybe as a sign to other team members or other other team members that like no matter what how much of a how much of a good player you are it's there is still no guarantee so you can't stop trying right it is yeah. like there is no limit to how much better you can get and just because you're a good player doesn't mean you can you can forget about the team, forget about the actual game being a team team uh, play and just do it on your own kind of thing or any, any sort of misbehavior in, in that way. Yeah. I was trying to think of real coaches who sort of embody those same characteristics. And I think it's, it's tough. Coaches today tend to get fired really quickly and mm-hmm at least in like basketball, baseball is a little different. They tend to, I don't know, there's a, there's a few that stick around longer, but football seems like they, they get swapped in and out quite often. And so it's hard, I think in the mentality of like, Hey, we have this talented young player that, you know, we want to take slowly, but Oh shit, we're doing very poorly. We've lost a bunch of games. And so we, we need to put this inexperienced person in. And I think there's just a lot of like decisions like that, where a coach is, not given a lot of time to mm-hmm. play this out. And so, you know, there's, there's, there's a, a need to win immediately in a lot of cases, rightly so. I mean, there's a lot of money on the line. I, I get that, but yeah. I think the one thing that I, I, you know, at first I didn't feel like it was accurate and accurate portrayal mm-hmm. of a sport of a sports team was sort of the leniency that he was given. But then as you, continue watching, you realize like, she's just going to let him do whatever the hell he wants to do. Cause she just wants him to screw up. It kind of made the whole situation more believable. And mm-hmm. I think from my perspective, like what, what was it about the show that wasn't believable to you? I know we talked about this before where I think there was an element of the actual game felt dated yeah. mm-hmm. at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, like, well, yeah, what are the things that you, I don't know, just kind of like, eh, that's not, yeah, I I mean just just a lot of it from like someone like him being hired to the actual games felt felt like from the from the feel and look of the kits and the you know the the actual like pitch and everything everything else like the ball itself. So there was like a lot of elements that made were it they look like, like designed differently. Like how was it? Yeah. How did those feel dated to you? It made it made it look more like I don't know 2010 than like 2020. You know, it wasn't like so recent. Yeah, just like a design of the yeah the the kits for example right so things like that or like i feel like for a for a professional team at that level 
the way I don't know the way the kits are handled would be a lot more or like there'd be more a lot more people inside the team for example there'd be like a psychologist and a, and a physio and there wouldn't just okay. be like a kid man who is like also talking to the to the manager so I, I'm also talking about it in the sense that if this was like a league four so yeah. like in in the UK there's like Premier League League One the Champions Premier League Championship League One League Two League Three League Four if this was a league League Four yeah it would probably make sense but when you're talking at that level. Yeah. It's just like the highest ima- uh, level imaginable. So I can't really like pinpoint other. So maybe, yeah, other things. This seemed like a small town, Richmond, mm-hmm. but also like how close the fans were. So like Ted Lasso <laughs> would go to the same bar or pub yeah. as as all the fans every night and have his fish and chips and beer there. And it just, it just also that seemed unrealistic to me. I mm-hmm. Maybe if you are a coach in a small town, that would probably happen a lot more often, but mm-hmm. I would imagine, I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine like like Jose Mourinho or Sir Alex is retired for about a decade now, but like Solskjaer right now, Man United or Guardiola, for example, uh, Man City's coach, hanging out with the fans every night and getting bullied, you know, in front of yeah. them. So, so th- that was that was another thing as well. For sure, I think the I think for similar reasons, I had, I had the same sort of instinct, but without knowing what designs look like and what, what looks out of date, but what made you, it, what made you feel like that? Well, it just felt like a, like a glossy version of mm. a soccer team. And I realized a lot of that has to do with simplifying this concept down for TV and, you know, being able to like structure it around so many players. Cause like there's two coaches and an assistant for like a premier team that feels strange to me. And maybe it's real, but it felt like the locker room, the interactions were so tight and close together that it felt like there's a lot of other stuff that happens on a, on a soccer team that wasn't really shown, you know? Yeah. Maybe I, maybe I'm misinterpreting that, but like, that's just, it felt like, like a small set of a soccer team when, if this was a premier team, like there's, there's a a lot going on. You're not centering around five characters. I I think from my perspective and I'm, I'm, probably the audience for this i'm guessing it like worked you know like it it felt glossy but it also catered to the concept and the story you know and and all the things that we've talked about so so far Mm -hmm. i think maybe those would have been lost a little bit had you try to perfect every nook and cranny of the team and making you know you know giving it a less stylized sort of appearance i I agree with you i think that would have become a football documentary right about a non-existent team yeah i think that's a that's a good point i think it brought out the message and we're also talking about somebody who is being bullied all the time by the by the owner and a lot of the players and at the same time is also struggling with his personal relationships as well so it's uh he's going through a lot and despite all of that so his wife and his son live in, in the US and, and end up end up visiting him and he realizes that his relationship is not going the way that that he wants, ends up getting a divorce. But I think just being able to be so strong to lead a team when everything else is against you. Yeah. I think was what is that, is that resilience? Is that a, is that a quality? And so like he's also practicing what he's preaching to his players about right. like believe like he talks he uh, pulls out this uh, poster or uh, cardboard uh, piece of paper. It's so cheesy. 
like when he does it. <laughs> he he tapes it above the 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 office, his office, the also his office, and so that says the other, believe on it. it. Says just believe on it, and his office is also in the changing room, which is also I don't think yeah. this happens in any <laughs> like you would have your office in somewhere, yeah. but in, in in a cool building of some right. sort. I would that's my that's my sort of imagination. So that is also maybe I think it's it's nice those things that actually are so unusual and unrealistic that mm-hmm. also make it interesting memorable yeah but yeah that's like that resilience part is, is something else like some oftentimes in my own personal lives when one part is a little misaligned or misbalanced it tends to affect or influence a lot of other areas and i think this is maybe a good lesson to just like keep going and keep um, trying to go at the same rhythm that you were yeah yeah, his perseverance was perseverance. something that stood out. I, I think the lesson, uh, the biggest lesson for me that parallels my life in the last year is the idea of, you know, being inclusive of other people mm-hmm. and really just allowing others to kind of join in. And I think when I was thinking about this, like our relationship kind of felt like this, where you could have. I mean, you have a podcast on your own, but like for me, my natural inclination would have been Nate needs to start a podcast. I need to figure this out. And really almost on day one, we had talked about this and like, we should just do it together. And I think the idea of collaboration and, and just like bringing other people into the fold helps with accountability. It helps Mm -hmm. with being able to Mm-hmm. go, I think there's a, there's a, there's a saying, it's like, if you want to go fast, you do it yourself. If you want to go further, do it with someone else. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that long game concept is always resonating in my mind. And so I think our relationship because of that is something that stemmed or that I saw similarities in this, in this series from, you know, he brings in Higgins and Nate to talk about relationships. He, he involves everybody and tries to be as transparent as possible. And I think just those qualities in general, when you're, when you're either leading a group of people or you're writing or doing a podcast, like involving other people, I think it's such a, something that I, in the past wouldn't have mm-hmm. done as much of. That's a, that's such a good point. And then, yeah. And also like crediting those people as well along the way, because yeah. Nate, Nate ends up getting promoted to uh, the assistant coach at, from a kit man, which is right. quite a, quite a promotion because he was so knowledgeable as well, not just because, not just because he liked him or he he was being so helpful. You know, one person we didn't really talk much about was Keely, which I thought was, she was quite uh, critical, right? Critical character. Yeah. Yeah, she was. So Keely played originally the girlfriend of Jamie Tart, and then they broke up and then Roy Kent and her started dating midway Mm -hmm. through the season. And uh, Keely was was such an integral part to the whole series because she was able to, she was, she was struggling with her own insecurities about like her career and her, her decision-making that she was doing a lot of like commercials and TV. And she wasn't really sure where that was going and being able to kind of be used in a positive way by like the owner and seeking a new career path. But I think like just the way she brought the team together and her sense of humor was just what kept the show kind of like steady. Yeah. And like from Ted's perspective, so one of the things actually you made me, made me think of was I, I wouldn't imagine a situation where the coach or the, or the manager of a team would go and try to 
get help from some player's girlfriend. Yeah. But Jamie is so uptight that basically he, he wouldn't listen to anyone except maybe his girlfriend. So he's, he's not very influenced by anybody. Yeah. He's so sorry. He has a lot of pride and he notices that Ted notices that and tries to use that to his advantage to see like, how can I, how can I, how can I find out from Keely how I can influence Jamie for the, for the, for the benefit right. of the team as well. And I think, I think she mentions to him that you have to like, you have to give him a lot of compliments and tell him what he's <laughs> doing really well. And he uses yeah. that and he actually works really well. So I think that was one of, one of the interesting moments too, which, yeah, just like using anything at his disposal to, for, for, for the success of the team. Yeah. And her relationship with the owner, Rebecca also was pretty pivotal in giving them both someone to bond with. I think Rebecca as an owner was, you know, introduced to the idea of like, she just had really few girlfriends and nobody around her as a support system. And so Keely and their relationship kind of helped her sort of see through the fog in a way and see through like the mess of the divorce and sort of everything else that was going on in her life. So yeah, you know, I mean, friendships, man, it's important. And, yep, yep. you know, I, it's one of those things that you have to continuously invest in and it's definitely reciprocal, you know, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's for me, it's, it's critical. I have a lot of good friends back in Minnesota and we have a, a thread that's usually going every day, but yeah, man, I like, it just, it just brought home to me, like the, the importance of, you know, maintaining those friendships and, and that mm-hmm. support network. For sure. And it, I think I think the way it ended, it it's making me excited for what's to come because it ended on sort of a low note, but there is excitement for the future because he ended up staying in the team. Right? Is that how what's going to happen? So he they decided we're going to keep you and then try try yeah. to. So they got relegated to championship, and they're going to try to make it back to the Premier League and um, then hopefully like even win the Premier League. So I think there's going to be season two, season three. And uh, so it's funny with these things, there's always like a happy ending where eventually they win a game or, but I think they, because they probably want to, on a commercial side, they want to continue building it, making it and making money from it. This didn't happen in season one, but I would imagine eventually that ends up being the case. And as he become a more experienced coach as well, he probably knows more about football and how actually manage a team on top of all of his leadership qualities. Yeah, that's a good point because they they de- they definitely ended on a, a note that you know you thought you thought that it was going to end differently. At least I did. And yeah. so for it to be that strong of a series without everything working out, I thought it was just kind of credit to the writers. Yeah, a lot of things did work out, right? He managed to bring the, this convoluted right. team together, yes. but like the actual thing that was the success, like that the team making it or staying in the, in the league, that, that was sort of the outcome that didn't really work out in their favor. Right. Yep. So w- when is the next season out? Do you know? No idea. I mean, my, fa- my favorite movie that is supposed to be coming out, which was supposed to come out in November of last year is pushed to October of next year, Dune. And so from a COVID standpoint, I have no yeah. idea when, when the next one's going to be announced. Yeah, that's a good point. I keep forgetting about that when it comes to like productions and things like that. Yeah, it just but, feels like uh, there's going to be a couple year gap. Well, not maybe not a couple years, but because I know there's stuff still being made yeah. all the time, but yeah. it's much slower. But this is this is so interesting because I would I've always had the idea of like summarizing movies and TV shows when I watch them, just 
for the sake of remembering the character's name. So mm -hmm. when I'm talking about it to a friend of mine, I can, I can more easily, because I've written them down, they easy, yeah. more easily come back to me. I, had, I, had, I maybe when I was, I'm talking like maybe about it 10 years ago, I, I used to write reviews on IMDb and that helped mm -hmm. for just a couple of movies that I watched. Yeah. And that helped a lot with retention and remembering yeah. the information. So I think this was a really fun exercise. I had to go back to like, I checked out the Wikipedia page to come up with like, to remember those because I watched it a while back and didn't really go back to re re revise the, 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 the episodes. But yeah, it's, it's a really, really interesting exercise. And we'll see how long this will last in my memory. I think it was just a good experiment to, to talk through the actual thing with someone else. And yeah, we should do more of them. I think we're going to do it with books and other sort of uh, stuff as well, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to this. I don't know how interesting this is to listen to, yeah. but I just kind of like it for me. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I think it's a good, it's a good way to kind of, kind of think a little bit deeper about the things that you're watching and what lessons you can pull from that just for my own writing, you know, for yeah. your writing, just, I think these are concepts that are, are kind of good to have on hand. So for um, sure. Yeah, I would like to keep doing them. Yeah, just a bit of reflection on what you consume, right? I think, yeah, uh, yeah. especially like po uh, podcasts and books are easier because you have the written text already in front of you. But like things like this, you just tend to like feel a certain way about them and just end up remembering some of it, but not not everything to the, to the extent which we just talked about and had to like, I had to sit down and think about it and like list it before this before this show. So I actually right. have, have things to talk about. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But even but, if these uh, episodes are like the equivalent of like the artist portraits cards and like baseball decks, like they're maybe like worth 10 cents <laughs> to everything else. I, I'm just, I hope we do these. Yeah. And uh, yeah, good job. I mean, had we talked about some like baseball or American football, I had, I would have been so clueless. So <laughs> given you're not that much into soccer or slash football, yeah. you, you, you took the right lessons from this and <laughs> because <laughs> my initial lessons. my initial trigger i mean you you spoke really highly of it and made me want to uh, made me want to watch it but it just because of the fact that it was about a sport that i really like and have liked since i was a kid it made me want to watch it even more yeah and i was it was so so relatable but uh, yeah that's cool well great well next week i think we may have a guest we we have to yeah. figure that out but so if this was that. really bad, don't unsubscribe. There, yeah, it's going to get better. <laughs> <laughs> there is a very highly respected guest that we are having on the show. We're going to talk a lot about uh, creativity and writing. And if you're into that stuff, I think you're going to like it. It's our first guest ever on mm -hmm. the show. And yeah, let us know how we can make things better. Subscribe, give us six star reviews and... <laughs> support the show yeah also we, we, we take a sponsorship too if, if you want to you want to apply that is also that's also open we do have slots open I believe. <laughs> just just at the end of the show we don't want to really clutter the show right <laughs> also, well thanks for stuff. listening <laughs> yeah have a have a great weekend perfect thanks everyone